Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. I'm here today with Lee Carraher, and Lee is the CEO of Double Forte PR and Digital Marketing. She's known for her practical solutions to big problems. She's the author of Millennials in Management, based on her experience with failing and then succeeding at retaining millennials. And her latest book, The Boomerang Principle, was published in April of 2017. So welcome, Lee. Thank you, Linda. Thanks. So great to be with you. You know, I, I, I have to ask you, first of all, what is the boomerang principle? And then tell me what made you decide to write about this. Okay. The boomerang principle is the belief that companies that allow and encourage former employees to return have a strategic advantage over those that don't. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And what uh, inspired me to write this book is actually sort of the response to my first book, Millennials in Management. And when I was going around the country talking to people, there was just such a negative idea about millennials being job hoppers and not being loyal anymore, and why should I put any time into these people? And my my premise is that uh, millennials have been shown that they should not be loyal to their companies. They should be loyal to themselves first to craft their own careers, and that companies that don't come to realize that that is what's going on you know, are doing harmful things to their own business, bottom lines. And um, I just wanted to help companies of all sizes sort of come to the new paradigm of work faster. So that's why I wrote the book. Sounds great. So so and this says that, that someone could leave and then they come back and then they leave and come back. Does this happen multiple times? Or does well, it usually happen somebody leaves, they go get some other experience, and then they come back and stay? Or does it not well, matter? pretty new. Well, it doesn't really matter. Um, I think of boomeranging in many different ways. Sort of, if you if the first concept is when you hire someone, you know they're going to leave you. I mean, it's right. not a big surprise, right? The only person who has to stay is the owner, right? Yep. <laughs> or whoever they put in charge. And so that's number one. Number two is um, you could, when you leave a company, you can hurt or help your former employer. Every ah. person has the power to hurt or help in today's social media world. So. Let's think about it as someone leaves you, but isn't the potential has the potential to help you? Um, can boomerang back as a referrer? Can boomerang back as a recruiter or someone who advocates for someone to take a job with you? Can boomerang back as a partner? Can boomerang back as an employee? So the full boomerang all the way around the arc is coming all the way back to be employed again. But you can boomerang back as a client, as a referrer, as an adjective, you know, all those kinds of things in a positive way that increases your value to your former employer over your entire career. And the faster we as companies understand that these people who we did employ but have gone on to do something else can have intrinsic value to us over time, the faster we get to that sort of uh, place where people actually don't want to leave as much because we're focused on having people come back to us in any way, shape, or form. I, I think that's absolutely true. I, and I think about my own experience. I was at Sun Microsystems for a long time, and I still run into people who know me from Sun or know the reputation, 
and we do things because we trust someone who we knew back then. And Sun is no longer around, so it couldn't boomerang then. But there were people who came back and referred people and, um, and became clients and, and that type of thing. So I think this is something that probably has been going on for a while but hasn't gotten any attention yeah. uh, probably up till now. I think we've been talking about, you know, there's been so much effort on talking about people's personal networks and don't bid right. bur- burn, burn a personal bridge. And uh, you and I know each other, so, of course, I recommend you that kind of thing. This is sort of the next level of that, which is a company that acts, you know, as a good actor can spawn an entire legion of of former employees who are loyal to the company, not just the people in it, um, and that helps the company over time. Um, it is relatively new in terms of a concept that, because over half the companies in this country have written or implied um, policies against rehiring people. Wow. Which just seems very short-sighted. And, um, but in my own, in my own career, um, I've obviously gone from one company to the other and brought people along with me. At this company, Double Forte, which is now 15 years old, we have rehired uh, over 12 people, and we have rehired four people twice. So wow. They've been with us three times, um, and each time they've come back, they're more valuable than when they left because they have a different point of view, or they've learned something different, or they have other experience that we can put to play. Uh, every time someone comes back to us, it reaffirms that we are a great place to be, and so that's a good place to, for people to look and go, oh, yeah, she was gone for a while. She came back. Oh, yeah. maybe that grass isn't so green. Um, and when it sort of affirms the idea that just green your own grass and you don't worry about anybody else, you know, just worry about making it your company or your team the best team it possibly can be, and people will appreciate and perform for you in that kind of situation. Uh, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. And the other thing I think you said that is extremely important is you don't take it personally when someone leaves. You know, because I've exactly. seen this happen where, God, you've left me. It's almost like you've left a relationship, you know, like a yeah. marriage. Right. And it's not that way. No, and I think that that's really what I ran into in my workshopping and my keynoting on my first book. Like, you know, there was just so much resentment towards the younger cohort around, well, they just left before they were even valuable to me. You know, it's not about you. It's right. It's about my career and what I'm going to do. And what I found was the companies that had people in it who were or were predisposed not to rehiring people, so those those two sort of go hand in hand, right? Right. Were um, were companies that people had much faster churn than others because, you know, if you don't put the time into helping people become as um, valuable to you as fast as possible, how particularly millennials interpret that is that you don't care about me. And right. you don't care about my career, you don't care about my advancement. It may not be true at all, right? But that's the interpretation. And so they leave faster than if you were just didn't worry about that and just try to make that person as valuable as possible, as fast as possible. Um, so there's intrinsic value in helping people be more valuable with you faster, and that actually keeps people in the company longer than if you don't pay attention to that. So when we think about the old kind of paradigm of, of loyalty and then certainly you know there was a time not that long ago when people spent an entire career working for one or two companies right yeah that mm-hmm. doesn't happen very often 
is that whole idea of an employee being loyal to a company, is that dead today? Do we have any kind of loyalty in the millennials and in the in people coming to the workplace now? I think that um, I think it's a different paradigm. So that paradigm, I think, is dead. Yep. We know the economy has showed us, and particularly for publicly traded companies who may have activist investors yep. who care more about shareholder value than they do about employee retention and performance. I just look at Ford. Oh, my goodness. Ford right. has more cash than it's ever had, and they just got rid of the CEO. Look what happened to American Airlines. American Airlines gave their pilots a raise in April of 2017 to comp so that their pilots would come to be on par with Delta and United, and Wall Street punished them because, oh, once again, putting the employees ahead of the shareholders. Well, you know, my point of view is you don't have any shareholder value if you don't have any employees doing the work. Right. <laughs> you know, don't, in, don't invest in a company that requires people if you don't want to uh, reimburse them for their work, right? Right. So the economy has showed us, and, public, and particularly what has happened with publicly traded companies since really the late 80s, early 90s, around activism, around shareholder value return, that we should not count on a company to hold us. That you, you just because you do a good job doesn't mean you have a job forever. Right. Uh, you know the CEO of Ford knows this. He's been returning value. He's been returning value. He's been doing dividends, but the sh- share price has dropped because of even though they have more cash than ever, because the the shareholders value something different than the CEO does. Right. Right. So we know that we can't count on um, a company to hold us. Mergers, acquisitions, the market goes down, get laid off, whatever it is. So um, today's worker knows that they have to take care of themselves, that they have to have options, that they have to be fresh and re- and relevant and um, craft their own careers and not count on one company to carry them. That does not mean they won't be loyal to a company if if the company is a good experience, but it's not a quid pro quo um, guarantee as it used to be. You know, there's no gold watch anymore. Right. You know? Right. On either side, there's no guarantee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But so I would say both- to you that the companies, particularly publicly traded companies, they broke the, the implied contract. Price. Contract, yes. And Absolutely. now they're they're surprised because employees and now they're are surprised. saying, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. It's like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In your book, you talk about talent brands instead of employment brands. What do you mean by that? Yeah. What's the difference? So employment brands, employer brands are um, great places to work, right? Yep. And we see this all the time. Forbes makes a list. Wall Street Journal, everybody has a list. Great places to work. And in general, what we talk about in that is sort of length of vacation or maternity leave or paternity leave or benefits. free lunches or benefits and perks. And that is a great place to work for most people. In the realm of today's landscape where people have personal brands, right, and they have to take care of their personal careers themselves, that top 25% of people, those top 25% of uh, performers, those are great people. And those people are, will go where other great people go. Right. And every company needs those top 25 percenters, right? We're all fighting for those top 25 percenters. And a talent brand is a company that is known for where great people go, regardless of the perks. And a good example of that is Netflix. Mm -hmm. Netflix is known, you know, top performers, the best people go there. 
and there are no there's no foosballs. There's no you know they have unlimited vacation, which means no one takes vacations. But, <laughs> you know, but they put all of their benefits into salary, and yep. um, they only hire quote unquote fully formed adults, which basically means no one under thirty works there. Right. And um, they're very aggressive in their culture of team, not family. Meaning it's not a family. You know, people talk about. It's my company's like a family. Right, no, right. Their company's like a team. They worry about getting the best first baseman at first base all the time. So they reward good performance with a really nice severance package, right? That's a talent brand. If you go to if you work at Netflix ever, you are easy to place when you leave Netflix. Yes. Everybody knows that if you go to Netflix, you're a top top performer. Um, but a company that's great to work for will uh, will attract everybody. Not just the top, and top performers aren't as attracted to uh, the best places to work as they are to the places where the best people go, because the places where best people go advance their own personal uh, branding, and if they think about it as every job is sort of a bumper sticker on my resume, as opposed to how many foosball tables are there in the right, place. So right. it's, it's very nuanced, but it's really important for the top 25 percenters, which if we think about what's going on, you know, every industry is being disrupted. Every industry needs those top 25 percenters. Everything's being automated. Everything's going AI. But it, those, the humans still need to be somewhere. And right. you want the best humans. Well, the best humans are going to go where the other best humans go, not necessarily where, you know, they have marshmallows at lunch or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, because you can only do so much of that stuff. And the bottom line is you can be attracted to a company by that, but that's not what's going to keep you there. What's going to keep you there is, is enjoying the place you work, being with other smart mm-hmm. people, having a boss that understands what you are, you know, are interested oh, absolutely. in. Yeah, and, and I has mean, your how back. How many times, so, you know, Linda, you and I are both in the Silicon Valley. How many foosball and ping pong ball tables are actually used? I mean, not a lot. oh, my God. I yeah. seriously. <laughs> Yeah, not a lot. I mean, they yeah, look good. Know, they look good they when you're recruiting. Very you know, nice. Particularly but, um, getting people straight out of college. Oh, wow, look at all the cool stuff. And you're right. And, and you look some of these benefits, like, gee, we give you free uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and we, you know, we do your laundry for you. That's because we don't want you to ever go home. Exactly. Right? I mean, you know, that's, there, there's, a, there's a, um, a, a message in there which They're people sometimes miss. They make it easy miss. to stay and work more and maybe not work harder, but definitely work longer. Longer, yes. Because they value that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So in your book, you talk about creating a culture of return. And I presume that means being one of those companies that says, hey, it's okay to leave and come back. We're not going to tell you that, you know, we're we're wiping you off the face of the earth because you left us. So what are some of the key steps to doing that? Well, I think a culture of return is actually a culture of staying. Because if you come back to something, you're coming back to something you enjoyed. Right. You're looking back to returning to something that was good. So a culture of return is a culture of staying, and why would somebody stay? People would stay for just those things you just talked about, right? They would yep. talk about engaging work. They would talk about a boss that um, was invested in their people's performance, not just you know on the backs of their people's performance. They would be invested in being around people they like, right, yep. doing work that they like. They um, having flexibility so that um, you know they can take care of personal things if they have to. You know those are kinds of things that are that keep people in the house and then bring people back to the house. So uh, the culture of return is actually a culture of staying. Um, and when you do those things, 
when you do those things, right, create that culture of return, you actually increase your your happiness quotient and your performance quotient in the company that you're already in. And it has a bottom line impact immediately. Wow. And that makes sense. It makes sense because those are all the things that make it a place that I want to get up on Monday morning and go work at. As exactly. opposed to, oh, God, it's Monday again. Do I have to go? So true. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So well, how know, do you – Well, we know about the happiness quotient. We know that the happiness quotient is, you know, I'm happy at work. The most loyal thing you can do is actually leave a company when you're no longer happy. Yeah. And you're no longer excited about the opportunities that the company affords you. And we may all – you know, at one point in our careers, we might say, this is the perfect place for me. And then we may age out of it, we may experience out of it, we may obsolete ourselves. You know, yep. we can't imagine this static thing where a company uh, can may be able to hold us for their entire lives because uh, the company may change, I may change, my conditions may change, the company, company get bought, might get bought, you know, whatever those things are. Um, the most important thing is to create a situation where you have a high-performing team doing it well, and we know that teams that get along better and feel appreciated perform higher. So I'm struck by the, the number you said earlier about more than 50% of companies have a policy that says they won't rehire an employee. How do you reach these people? And I mean, obviously they're missing out on this. Um, and is it just they're not going to do as well and we kind of leave them alone? Do you see some realization, like a light going off that, wow, we're missing something here? Yeah. I have been I've been starting to see that in my work around this book. You know, I can talk about it specifically from um, the numbers of my business. You know, when right. I can talk to, I mean, it starts at the top. If it's not at the top, if a, t- a person, the CEO, whoever's sitting in the charge, doesn't believe that people should come back, uh, it's very co- hard to convince anybody else that should be valuable, right? So when I'm talking to other CEOs who may have this point of view, this old school point of view. I just share with my, my story. I just share with, um, here's what happened when we made it a place that people wanted to return to. Our numbers went up. Our churn right. went down. Our recruiting fees went way down. Our client churn went way down. You know, all these things happened, which returned to the bottom line. Um, and it may not have been a, uh, it's not what I thought was going to happen, but it is what, I mean, I have numbers that just show it, right? So I, when I can share my own personal experience having gone from a, a one way of thinking to a new way of thinking, um, that starts to make some cracks uh, in the old perception. So Here, I think here's the deal, right? If you're not, if you're not open to rehiring people, right. you're, you're working too hard to get somebody new because particularly millennials don't think they're going to be in a company very long. Uh, and if they think they're going to work till 70, which most millennials think, right? Wow, you're just that's a long time to be in one or two companies. Know. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. you're also taking your you're xing yourself out of a workforce that's getting better and better over time. Right. Why would you limit yourself just because they came and they left? So, as an employer, certainly you invest in an employee, etc. How do you kind of get over this? Wow, I put all that time investment in them and now they're leaving, and maybe they're going to go work for a competitor. Isn't there that sense of, of um, betrayal? I mean, and, and I absolutely agree with you, but I have seen this from managers that just thought, wow, I really put time and effort into so-and-so, and now they're gone. I have to start over. 
Well, I think that happens, and I think that is short-sighted. Um, you know, instead, what if, what if it was, you know, I know you're not going to stay here forever. Day one, during the first yep. week, you say that. I know you're not going to stay here forever. I want you to stay for a long, long time. I'm going to do everything I can so this is a rewarding experience for you. And that you not only want to stay, but that you're eligible to stay because you're performing uh, at a high level. You can't give up that high performance along with this want you to stay thing. But I know you might not be interested. You might want to go to a larger company. You might want to have a different role. We may not be able to accommodate you. But I hope if you leave that you return. Uh, okay. You put that on the table week one. Yep. Week one, you get it off. You know, don't even, you know, what I say to my people too is, you know, I, I know you don't have to stay here. I know it's a choice that you're here. You qualified to be here, so you're already a top 10 percenter. But you have a choice, obviously. If you're a top 10 percenter, you have a choice to go anywhere you want to go. I hope you stay for a long time. If you get to that point where, you know, this is we cannot accommodate what you want to do in your career or what you want to do in your life, let us know, and we will help you be some successful somewhere else. And because we hope you come back. We hope you come back as a client. We hope you come back as an employee. We want you to be referring clients to us and referring people to us. I mean, it's not altruistic what I'm doing here. It's definitely a, it's a business decision to be a good place to come back to. Right. Right. Um, and I just get it out of the way originally. And probably half the people over 15 years, you know, 50% of the people who have left us have come to us and said, I really want to do something different. I want to be in a different kind of an environment. I can't do it here. Would you help me be successful somewhere else? And we do. Yep. And the other half that leaves without telling us, you know, they, we celebrate their contributions as well as on their way out. But they all, not all, but most have come back and say, I wish I'd let you help me. Mm, interesting. <laughs> you know? So if you just say it up front, the expectation is, this is my expectation. You're going to work hard. We're going to reward you for it. It's going to be a great place to work. But we know that we may not be able to hold you forever. You know, we want to have a lifetime relationship with you, not just a, a relationship with you when we're paying you. Because is that really loyalty when I'm paying you to be there? No. Loyalty is really when I'm not, you're not incented at all to do anything, and you do something for me anyway. Yep, absolutely. So one of the things you talk about is creating alumni clubs, which I think are just wonderful, and I know there's some out there. I belong to some. Um, how do you go about kind of doing that? What's the right way to go about making that happen? Yeah, so there are lots of alumni clubs on LinkedIn that are sort of, you know, run by ex-employees, right? Right. I'm talking about an alumni club that is run by the company. Oh, and interesting. Not by former employees. People run by the company. And um, what that requires is a private network, and you yep. can either create your own or you can use a Facebook private Facebook group, which is probably the easiest one right now. I would not use LinkedIn for this because it doesn't have all the it doesn't have all the widgets that right. Facebook does. Um, that's what the first thing it requires. It requires you to invite them to that group, and it requires you to know their email addresses. Basically, that's yep. all it requires, right? And then a plan. So a plan could be we're going to post, we're going to create this private Facebook group, and we're going to post in it once a week. And we're going to invite everybody who was an employee before to be in it, right? And they can post in it, and they can connect with each other, whatever they need to do. And we find that in our own group. People post opportunities. Um, they post information. They talk to each other. And we post into that, actually, I think, probably three or four times a week. Then on a monthly basis, we send out a newsletter from the company, and we add everybody who used to be working here to that newsletter. So they, we want them to know what's going on here. Right. Right. 
Um, and then we offer things to them that the same kinds of things we might be able to offer to our employees. So if a client's having a special, we work with many wine companies. So if a client's having a special on their wine, maybe a friends and family deal, we put it into our alumni club. And they can, if they want to, they can get 25% off of something, something, right? Ooh, I want to be one of your alumni. <laughs> you don't have to use it, but we offer it to them. Yep. If we create a tchotchke, we create more than we need for the current group, and we send it to the people. Um, we might send it to 10 people. If it's a jacket or something, we might right. not send it to everybody. We send it to 10 people we'd like to have come back. Yep. If we do a water bottle, everybody gets the water bottle, whatever, right? Um, so there's, there's a sense of feeling that you belong, belong, even though you're not there right now. But you're not there. We also provide um, training. So the trainings that we do in the company, we put into a recorded version that is, that's clean, so it's not having anything proprietary in it. And we yep. provide it for them off of SlideShare or, or in the you know in a video form. That's private. You have to you have to be part of the network to have it. But it doesn't cost us anything. Maybe right. an extra hour right, to clean it up a little bit, but they can have the benefit of all the work that we're doing, even if they're competitors, and they're really not. People don't usually leave here to go to other agencies, but um, it, doesn't help, it doesn't hurt at all to share things. You know, and McKinsey, which is the gold standard, yep. absolute gold standard of this, they, they have, in every office they have someone dedicated to uh, alumni programs, which is an incredible investment, but of course most of their clients are are made from former employees, right? Right. <clears throat> and, but what they do, they have a private network that they manage themselves off their website. It's, you know, behind a paywall. It's not behind a paywall, but it's behind a login wall. Right. Twice a month, the McKinsey Institute, which is their research arm, puts on all-day webinars that all of their um, – I mean, they're, they happen all day, but they're like one-hour sessions kind of thing. Right. That and and anyone can, if you're an alumni, you can attend. Alumni can go in and do it. So they, they get early access to all the stuff that their clients are getting. That's It's like being a graduate from Stanford. You yeah. You get all that stuff, right? So um, anything that you can, you know, those things we all have. You don't have to be a huge company to do that. Or anything you're doing, even in a small company, you might only have 10 people who are your alumni. Keeping them close to you, though, uh, helps your business. Absolutely. For instance, when we are posting for jobs, the first place we post is into our alumni group. And if they bring us someone who we hire, we give them $1,000. Oh, nice. Yep. It's less than what we pay our employees to do, but it's $1,000. Yep. You know? So um, why wouldn't you want, you know, oh, my gosh, that would be great. Caroline should be, let me, let me give you Caroline. Right. Not because they want the $1,000 because that the you know, that little reward in the post reminded them, you know, Caroline would be great and she would do well and she would learn a lot at that company. So it's not it's just thinking about your former employees. If you think about your employees as your first customer, thinking about your former employees as your next customer. Right. Adding a ring, adding a ring into your marketing. Absolutely. Wow. This is fascinating. We can talk about it all day. Let me just ask you <laughs> one final question because I, I love it. I think it's and, and it's so logical, and yet so many people are not doing it. Yeah. But if I'm an employee and I'm thinking of leaving, what's mm-hmm. the best way to leave so that I can't come back? Because certainly a lot of employees say, hey, I'm done here, and that's yeah. it. And if you leave the wrong way and you burn some right. bridges, then even no matter how good you were, you may not be wanted back. So what's the best sure. way to kind of go about this and keep the, keep the opportunities open? Yeah. 
So it's on you to leave Boomerang ready, right? Yep. Even if the company doesn't take Boomerang for the time, it is on you to leave so you're Boomerang eligible. And what that means is don't be an idiot, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, don't do stupid stuff. How many times have we seen that someone, you know, puts – I mean, I'll give you a lot or of examples something that I heard. Social media, yeah. They put up some social media, or they put a bag of flour over a desk, or they oh. put you know the salt and the sugar shaker, or whatever it is. Just don't be an idiot. Um, number one. Now you might be really mad. You might be very unhappy. You might whatever. But just you know, everyone who left behind you, let them have a good opinion of you once you've left the building, right? Um, and it's that last thing that people remember. So don't be an idiot on the way out. The second thing is tie things up in a bow before you give your notice. Because what if they walk you out the door? Because they might. If you're going to a competitor, right. they might walk you out the door. But have things tied up in a bow. Write a memo, if you remember how, or write an right. email. Don't send it. That is, here's everything I'm working on. Here are all the deadlines. Here's what has to happen to make sure that nothing drops. So, you know, be explicit about what has to happen, you know, about what has to happen in your absence. Just like when you go on vacation. Right. Do this, right? right? Um, do those two things. And the last thing I would say is say thank you. Thank you yep. for having me here. Thank you for the things I've learned. I uh, I hope we can um, maintain our relationship. And then it's on you once you've left to maintain that relationship. But wait a couple months, you know. Don't do it the next day. <laughs> right. Got it. And then don't, you know, don't steal. I mean, we're seeing this right now between Uber and Waymo, right? Right, absolutely. Don't steal anything. Everything is traceable. There are no, you know, you can't hide that stuff. Yep. So don't steal anything and don't recruit your people behind you. Right. Again, don't do anything stupid. Yep. Don't be an idiot. Yep. You know, <laughs> I do. People say, Lee, you know, it's really common sense what you say. I'm like, I know. It's, it's not rocket science what I'm saying. I'm just putting it into into an order that people haven't done it before. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We've been chatting with Lee Carraher. She's the CEO of Double Forte and the author of the new book, The Boomerang Principle. If people wanted to find out more about your book, where would they go, Lee? The best place to go is my personal website, which is www.leecarraher.com, L-E-E-C-A-R-A-H-E-R.com. And you can find my books, and there's, you can get a free chapter off my website there, and my agency, and my blog there as well. Fantastic. And you can, maybe you can find out how to get hired so that you can leave and come back and get all this great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there are two assessments there you can take. If you're a company, you can take an assessment of are you boomerang ready to yep. bring people back. And if you're an employee, you can take a different assessment that says are you boomerang eligible and what you can do to uh, fix it if you're not. Got it. Sounds great. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Lee. This has been very helpful. Linda, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This is Linda Popke. Until next time, thanks for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, Contact us at www.leverage2market.com.